We do have some announcements in three Wednesdays from now. So that'll be November 4th, I believe, um, is our next communion night. So we do our communion virtually via Zoom. And so make sure you mark your calendar to be able to do communion together as a church family. Um, and then other than that, that's our, our big announcement. We're live on the lawn. Um, it's so good to be together. Um, and then if you have your tithe and offering, please know if you are watching from home, you can go to lighthouse805.com and go to our giving page and fill out that information there. If you are live, if you are here on the lawn, we have a box by the front doors here of the church. There's a box where you can drop your um, tithe and offering in, um, in the little slot, and we'll make sure to take care of that. So, other than that, I think we're good to go. Yeah, you want to pray for <laughs> pray for our service. Yes. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the joy, um, God, of, of being together in your presence, Lord, wherever we are at. Lord, that uh, being in your presence does not require a building. It does not require any special modifications, Lord, just exactly where we're at, spiritually, physically. Lord, and we thank you for that, that you receive us with open arms without condition. So we thank you as we enter into your presence Would your... Um, Spirit, fill this place, fill our hearts. Would your Holy Spirit speak to us, and would we be so ready to listen and absorb everything you have for us today, Lord? Would you give us uh, clarity to uh, just be completely filled with your love today? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you remember back in the day, I mean, I'm talking a few years back, when TVs had those round knobs on them, and you click and go, you know, and you go and you go from like two to ninety nine, I think. Do you guys remember those? Like it was just a, a very different type of TV. But the the issue with those TVs is you would run into a comfort problem, meaning you were laying on your couch, perfectly content, perfectly good, but then the channel and the show that you were watching would end, and you had this like very big dilemma that you would face. Do I stick with my comfort or do I go outside of my comfort to change the channel to what I really want to watch? Oftentimes I felt like I lost that battle when I was younger. I'd be like, you know, I don't want to watch the show at all, but I'm really comfortable right now. And I just let it happen. You know, it's like, what's well, 30 minutes more on the couch? <laughs> like, what well, is something else will come up later on? And it's like, it's this kind of moment, right? And I think this is the type of thing that believers face too, right? We have this awesome thing that happens that we're waiting for, that we anticipate Jesus happens. And then we have a decision to follow after Jesus and, and change and move with him into the next season or remain comfortable in hopes that Jesus will come back again, right? And, and so this, this sermon series we're starting today, this brand new one is called Change Your City, and the whole base of this sermon series is focusing around Capernaum, the city that Jesus showed up. He brought the disciples. There was miracles. There was traveling. There was roads. There was all these things that happened in Capernaum, right? And we're, we're hyper-focusing on that in the Bible. And I just, I love it because Capernaum has these crazy similarities between Capernaum and, and Ventura, Oxnard area. Do you know, Capernaum, the meaning of it was village of comfort, right? Our, our city is, it's very comfortable. Capernaum was also year round, like perfect temperate weather, 
with the exception of the last week in Ventura, it's, it's, it really matches Capernaum. It was this hub that connected all these different cities in the middle of the road, just like Ventura. You know, like LA's on one side, Santa Barbara, North, it, it's, it's above us. It's, we're, we have so much in common with Capernaum. And so God impressed on our hearts to, to look at this city, what happened in it, all the different things that go on in parallel to our life today in reaching our own cities. And one thing we talk about constantly is just because the name of our city is the same doesn't mean we live in the same city, right? My city is very different. My, I, I think I say this the same thing every time, right? My city is, it's graphic designers and, and website developers and, and nerdy board games and all the different things, right? Like that's my city and your city is different. And so uh, we have to start off by looking at, well, if we're gonna change our city, what does that mean? Where do I even start? Where, how does this, how do I go from here, right? And, and the best place to start is when Jesus enters the picture in Capernaum. Today's message is called Christ Calls. Christ Calls. First thing we need to understand is it starts with his calling on your life, right? That's where it all begins. So Matthew chapter four, verse 18 through 20. If you have your Bibles, open up to this. Uh, the, f- the first verse I'm gonna be reading out of the NASB, but it says, Matthew chapter four, verse 18. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was also called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Go ahead and circle that. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. There's something we have to get out of this. It's so, it's so important, so critical to grasp. It's, it's life-changing, right? Jesus dictates exactly what the what we're supposed to be doing, what our weight is, what's our responsibility and what's his responsibility. See, Jesus says, follow me. That is your action. You are responsible for following me. And then it says, I will, I will make you. Right? So we understand very clearly that Jesus says, it's our responsibility to follow him to be discipled by him, to to do life with Jesus, to have a relationship with him. But it's on his shoulders as we're following him to make us and and mold us into the calling that he has for us. And I I think that's where a lot of times we can can get that mixed up. We think, you know, I'm I'm not good enough to follow Jesus yet. Let me work on myself before I start going to church and I commit to this and I commit to a Bible reading plan, let me, let me work on who I am before I allow Jesus to work on me, right? There's no like prereq to like, let me get better before Jesus looks at me, right? That's, that's, the, that's the guilt and the shame trying to weigh in and say, no, no, hold off on this and, and hold off on, you know, what, what we really need to do is allow Jesus to do what he said he's gonna do and allow us to follow him. We need to follow Jesus. That's, that's what it is, 
right? It's so clear. See, Jesus is transforming you as you follow him. This is, this is why we, we always mention doing life together, right? This is the idea of, of where the relationship and the discipleship is happening. Because when we're doing life together, we're, we're in relationship with Jesus, but we're also communicating with the disciples side by side, right? The, the development of the apostles and the disciples following Jesus a lot of time was in their conversations. Jesus spoke, they would dialogue, they would talk about it. And that's where the discipleship was happening. And, and that's so important for our church for us to understand is we need to be in that same doing life together community concept. So we can't make ourselves, And we, we cannot become who Jesus calls without Jesus. Right, we can't step into our calling fully if, if we don't have Jesus. Uh, let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you receive his message from us, you didn't think of your words as mere human ideas. You accepted what he said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this is the highlight moment. And this word continues to work in you who believe. So we're going to do life together right now. And, and I want to challenge you, if, if you are uh, in your living room, on your lawn with people, wherever you're at, if you're by yourself, then do life in the comments. But in, in this moment, what I want you to do is, is wrestle with this idea. Right, wrestle with this. What are you believing God to work on in your life as you follow and believe in him? Have you, have you been trying to fix or solve it yourself? How do you allow and believe in Jesus to work on you? So I, I want you to think about that. Talk with someone next to you. Um, if you're here uh, on campus at Lighthouse, you know, turn to someone. Wrestle with this. Let this be a discipleship moment as you do life together. Right? How, how are you doing this? So let's take a couple moments and do life together. What are, so the first part, what do you believe in God to work on in your life as you follow and believe in him? Um, something that I like to do, at least uh, just starting out my day, I, I love to just ask God and pray and, and seek his guidance through, through the entire day just to um, see how he wants to use me and see how, uh, uh, what he's speaking and, and what he's doing. Um, and, uh, I think something that's important is that the second part there, have you been trying to fix or solve it yourself? Um, I think that's something that I struggle with a lot. Uh, just trying to do everything myself, not relying on anyone else or, or God, especially. Um, so, that's something that uh, I think that um, if we really look at um, how God can can help in those situations and how God can really uh, see what we're going through and and help us through that time, um, I, I think uh, that'd be really awesome. Um, reading here, I do see um, John posted um, that he likes to sit uh, and just read his word and really look at uh, um, 
what he has in the future and what, what he's dealing with currently. Um, a last part of the question, how do you allow and believe in Jesus to work on you? Um, I see uh, uh, Janelle just posted, uh, renewing my mind, indeed, uh, instead of just letting life dictate my responses and biases. That's that's great. I That's actually a really good word for myself. Um, I think that's a really good thing to do. Uh, Welcome back. Welcome back. I, I want to challenge you as, as this is such a short time to process and think through items, but what I really want you to do is, is keep wrestling with these. Um, as we continue to meet on the front lawn, we're going to have more of these moments where it's discipleship moments to talk to someone next to you and to really wrestle through these, these ideas. Um, it's just, it's where the discipleship happens. So. Well, and there's so much value in learning from each other because, you know, what you're experiencing isn't necessarily what I'm experiencing, but I can gain knowledge from what you're learning and you can gain a lot of knowledge from what I learn. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's how it works in relationships, you know, in friendships, in, in marriages, in parent-child relationships, in friendships, you know, all of it, is you learn from each other. You, you gain all that knowledge, and the Lord uses us to speak to one another, and that's just, I'm, it's discipleship in action. Yeah. So, we can't change our city unless we understand Jesus has called us to, right? We need to understand that Jesus has called us to change our city, right? He doesn't just show up, wave his hand and disappear. He's, he's not just, you know, a Disneyland parade rolling by. He's inviting us to join him in this movement. And so what I want to look at is in, in the city of Capernaum, you have three main groups right, that are interacting with Jesus. You have the disciples who Jesus called and, and they followed him. And then you have this other group who received Jesus and his miracles, but reluctant to move forward, right? They, they received miracles, they were healed, they, their lives were changed, and then they didn't go or do any, anything. And then the third group is you have the Pharisees who really just don't like Jesus and are, are fighting against Jesus at every turn, trying to trip, trick him and trip him up on any, ver whatever. They're asking all these questions and they're trying to trick Jesus. So you have these, these three groups of people and two of the groups, Jesus rebukes. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting. You'd think, oh, well, two, two groups, Jesus must love. But he actually says, the two groups that are not doing well are those that received and stayed stagnant wow. and those that are coming against me. He lumps them both together and that's, that's harsh. Let's look at, um, I wanna look at the Matthew chapter 11, verse 23. Matthew chapter 11, verse 23 through 24. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on judgment day than you. 
So a couple things with that. One is Jesus compares like the worst city on the planet in the history to Capernaum. And this says, if they had me, they would have, they would have changed. And that like blows my mind. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like that is so, that's crazy. Right? He compares Capernaum, the city that he walked around and he did miracles and people's lives are changed. And he says, you don't get it. You saw the, the miracles and nothing happened, right? Your life wasn't changed. You didn't move forward. You, nothing, nothing progressed. And it's, it blows my mind. Have you ever been in, the, in those shoes? where Jesus changed your life or you felt something or you were at camp or there was this moment where this miraculous thing happened and then a couple years later, your, your life is just back to the way it was? Because those are the shoes of the people that he's talking to here, right? The people that had a miracle, but they were just like, oh wow, Jesus is a really great Santa Claus. See you later. And their relationship didn't progress. The relationship never developed. They, you know, I don't even know if they accepted Jesus. They got the miracle, but I don't know if they continued the relationship. And I think that's, that's huge for us is, do we have a relationship with Jesus? Are we saying, I, I, I want to live my life and I want to have my entire life be pointed towards Jesus. I I want everything in me. I want to wake up and I want to pray and I want to just wrestle with his word and I want him to live in me. Because that's that's the concept of the disciples, right? They were traveling with Jesus. They woke up, they saw Jesus. They ate lunch, they saw Jesus. They ate dinner, they saw Jesus. There was a miracle, they saw Jesus. They went to bed next to Jesus. Like, like that's, that is, that's the illustration of our life as believers today. It's like we're developing a relationship with Jesus. See, I, I think back to the, the TV example, right? With the couch. We saw something good on, but my comfort has kept me here. Right? And I think a lot of people fall into that boat of some, I saw something good happen. I saw Jesus happen, but now my comfort has kept me here from not moving forward. I, I, I love that Jesus ministered in the town that was titled and named Village of Comfort. Because I think that's, that's one of the greatest halts of people actually choosing to be discipled by Jesus is their comfort. So let's look at, we we looked at two of the people groups, right? Those that received, but stayed back. And then those that just blatantly fought against Jesus. Jesus lumps them both into the, you're a worse city than Sodom and Gomorrah, which blows my mind. But let's talk about the other group, right? The other group that, that heard Jesus, received Jesus and followed after Jesus. Right, the one that said, I'll follow after you and you're, you're going to make me and you're going to change me and, and my life is going to be different. Because Jesus leads us out of comfort and into calling. Have you ever, this is just side note maybe, I guess. 
Have you ever noticed how when you're following Jesus, everything's like good while you're in your comfort zone, but then the moment you step out of your comfort zone, like you feel God say, oh, do this. And you're like, oh, feels a little uncomfortable. Have you ever noticed that like sometimes weird things happen? Like all of a sudden so-and-so sick or all of a sudden my, my, my job is busier or this is happening or, or a pipe breaks. And now it's like your whole focus has to shift off of your calling and following Jesus and on to something else. Have you, have you ever, is that just me? Does like, has that ever happened to anyone else? Like it's kind of bizarre. And then if you look at the scripture, this happened to the disciples too. And I, I don't think it's just a bizarre thing that we're all in our own boat and that it all happens. But this, this happens to a lot of people. It happens back then and it happens now. So if you flip in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 verse 35 through 41. I want to I look at this, this story. The disciples and Jesus are in Capernaum. Jesus is preaching. They're in their comfort zone. Like they're, they're able to just sit back and watch Jesus preach. And then people come forward. They're healed. He's telling stories. Parables are happening. And then Jesus says, let's go ahead and leave Capernaum now. Let's go to the other side. And they're like, oh, okay. Who's nice and comfortable here? I like this. I'll follow you over here. And this is where we pick up. As evening came, verse, uh, verse 35, Mark chapter four, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. Although other boats followed, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was, there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? So that's, that's, that's really a question here. When, when Jesus calls us into our calling and he speaks to us, at one point, it's really comfortable and nice. It's like, oh, everyone's good. It's so nice around here. Everything's perfect. I love it. It's, it's, this is it. I love church. I love, I love Christianity. And then Jesus is like, okay, great. Let's step out of your comfort now. You're, you're into your calling. And it's like, whoa, I don't like the storms of life that's throwing me. And I, I thought it was so interesting because it, I, I've seen it happen as a pastor, right? When someone's like, you know what? I feel like I, I'm supposed to be stepping out of and doing this. I feel called to do this in the church. Or I feel called to do this in my city. And then they're all excited. And they're like, oh, you want to believe it? All these things started happening. I need to take a step back now. It's like, I'm, I, I'm too busy. And it's like, this is literally what the disciples face. Is the world will throw you a storm. And Jesus is on your side. In fact, he's taking a nap, <laughs> like in this story, right? He is so sure because I, I feel like 
he knows. He knows that as soon as we step out of our comfort zone, like, things get tough. But the, the question that he has is, do you, do you still have no faith? Where is your faith? How's your faith doing? As we step into calling and we're following Jesus, the hardest part is making sure that our faith is steady, that our foundations of faith are there. Where the whole reason why we had our last sermon series be on faith and faith check and understanding that Jesus needs to be the foundation of our faith is because you can't step into calling without a foundation of faith on Jesus. Like it's evident that if you try to step too fast, too far without Jesus as your foundation and your faith is strong, it's, it's not good. It's rough. And the great part is if you, if you read the word, when Jesus is calming the wind and the storm, he says peace and he uses peace as his weapon. You know, tried to, that concept is just so, it, it, they're so opposite, right? Like peace as a weapon. But when you think about it, that's all about having a relationship with Jesus. He's right there in the boat with you. You know, we've talked about, you know, we're all in the same boat. No, we all have different boats. Mm -hmm. and they all are going through different storms. But we have the same Jesus in our boat. Yeah. And he is at peace. And so we call on that peace. And that's, the, that's, that's why it's so vital to have this foundation, you know, because then you know, well, Jesus is right there. He's right next to me, and I can just call on him. It's incredibly hard to navigate a storm. But when you've got Jesus on your side, I mean, it's not going to all be sunshine and rainbows, but you know you're going to get through it, you know. And so call on that peace excuse me, call on that peace, call on Jesus when you're going through those storms. Yeah, I w even as you're saying that, I was really thinking when we have comfort and we're moving to our, to our calling, we need to exchange our comfort for peace. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. It's not about trying to become comfortable. It's about having the full power and authority that is peace that only Jesus can give. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love it. The thing that I, I've been thinking about is some of us will choose to follow Jesus this sermon series. Not that you haven't accepted Jesus. I'm just saying you're choosing to follow after Jesus into your calling. There's some people that are saying, man, this is it. I'm ready. I have my faith. I'm stepping up. I'm moving into my series and my, my, my calling. And this season specifically, this sermon series is all about reaching your city. It's utilizing your giftings, who you are, your skills to say, I'm going to use this in my city as I follow after Jesus. I love it. When, when Jesus called the disciples, he said that they're fishing, right? Fishing for fish. And he changes them and says, I want to make you fish for men. It's not that you're completely turning around and becoming someone new. It's actually God saying who you are, your past life, your everything that led up to this, your hurts, your excitements, everything that happened. He's saying, I am pivoting this to be utilized in the kingdom of God. And it's just that saying of I'm following Jesus because he's going to start doing this in my life. But through it all, the, the cautionary ta tale, if you will, is Jesus reminds us that we need to stay steady on our faith. 
if you choose to follow after Jesus and, and go into your calling, some, one of the most important things you can do is keep steady on your faith. As I say, I, I need my faith. Jesus called out the disciples because of that, right? He needed to make sure. He needed to make sure. I wonder if I even think about it right now. I wonder if Jesus had this one moment with the storm to show them that life will throw twists and turns. And it was just like a preemptive training ground, if you will, for the disciples of all the things they were going to face later on. God, God will send you stuff. There will be stuff the world will send you. It'll be all over. But we got to remember, staying strong in our faith and understanding Jesus is with us. So, next steps. Let's talk about this. This week, I want you to begin praying and fasting that the Holy Spirit would reveal how to change your city. I know we've had the similar next steps for the last few weeks, but I need you to, to be ready for this, to have it on your mind, have it on your heart, because Jesus will start calling you and speaking to you and start leading you and showing you faces. This week, as you're praying and fasting, I challenge you, if, some, if a, someone's face pops up in your mind or someone's name pops up in your mind, write them down. And I want to challenge you through this whole sermon series. I, I really believe that you're going to start seeing your city changed. And it's, it's, not a, it's not a formula. It's not a five-step program. It's Jesus is going to lead you how to change your city. And he's already equipped you with, with everything you need for it. There's yeah. nothing, no purchase necessary <laughs> at all. You're already equipped now you just got to step out and do it and, and ask the Lord how. And he will, he will show up and he will show you how. Yeah. Your, your gifts will make room for you. Your gifts will open the doors. And your gifts, because the doors open and your, your gifts open and un unlock it, it's what brings Jesus into the room. Yeah. So change your city. So let's go ahead and pray. And then we're going to jump into some worship live from the front lawn. Patty, can you pray for us? Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We get to, to spend at your, at your feet and learn from you. Lord, we thank you that you use Pastor Matt um, as a voice, as a vessel. Um, but we, we know that you're speaking to each of our hearts personally. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, um, I just ask that you would begin to reveal, would your Holy Spirit begin to, to speak to each of our hearts um, just those, to, to put on our hearts people that we are called to minister to um, and ways and how, how to reach them. And Lord, with just, and would all of that just be completely, um, have the undertone of joy of knowing we are doing this for you, Lord, for your kingdom, for, to, to see the world changed because of you. So we thank you, Father. We praise you. And we just ask that you, we would be filled with your, with your Holy Spirit. And would we enter into just a sweet time of worshiping you, the almighty God, the creator. Lord, you are the beginning and the end, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And so we come before you right now, Lord, wherever we're at, in just um, in an attitude of worship. Lord, would we have clean hands and pure hearts to come before your throne. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship together.
so grateful that we got to spend this time together today worshiping and I just want to remind you of our next steps pastor said he wants us to begin praying and fasting that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us how we can change our individual city and just a small reminder that our city is our realms of influences places that we have around us that we we go frequently like I am a chef so I'm in the food industry so wherever I'm serving people food that's my city so think about that for you and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you how can you change your city and be blessed as you go. We love you. We're so excited that we get to do this together and I can't wait to do it again. Love you guys. See ya.